Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. We Americans are under attack by our own government. We the people have no choice but to once again defend our freedom. This has all happened before, and we can learn much from the American Revolution. Starting in 1763, to pay for debts incurred from a war with France, the British began enforcing new taxes on the American colonies. In response to this, the colonies set up their own parallel government, based on a simple structure of three committees delegated to voice the will of the people. A committee of correspondence to disseminate information, a committee of inspection to enforce Continental Congress decisions, and the most important of the three, a committee of safety to act as general executive in the absence of legal authority. These committees stemmed from each community of all the colonies, and each and every local committee of safety had two missions, to provide military support and monitor political affairs. Each community delegated its own representatives to speak on their behalf at the county level and then at the state level, where state legislatures are thereby formed and senators are elected to represent the overall interests of the people in that state. With these committees, the 13 colonies honorably created a parallel government that lawfully nullified British rule This compelled the crown to take it back by force, which was met by an honorable and lawful defense of the colonies, known as the American Revolution. The three-committee structure that made up this parallel government inspired our U.S. Constitution, a concept of government based upon delegation. Individuals were not elected to rule. Their only purpose was to facilitate and implement the will of the people. It was a government of the people by the people, and for the people. Each state was considered to be its own country, which was freely subordinating aspects of its own authority to a federal government. Lawfully speaking, this has never changed, but the federal government of the United States has become bloated with loyalists to the city of London and enemies of we the people. For well over a century, we the people have been coerced into becoming voluntary slaves to a multinational corporate power structure, which has increasingly dumbed us down more and more with each generation. Unconstitutional amendments have been enacted. Constitutional limits of representation have been ignored. And by accepting Federal Reserve banknotes, we have made ourselves a dishonorable nation of debtors. By continually contracting with the corporate U.S. being operated out of the Washington, D.C. city-state, Americans are perpetually surrendering their constitutional sovereignty in return for corporate benefits. We share a common enemy with our founding fathers. Today we call them globalists. Back then, they called them British. A foreign power exploiting the will and destiny of Americans. And back then, their remedy was the Committee of Safety. This is happening again today. Communities are forming their own Committees of Safety. An excellent example is Santa Rosa County, Florida, where the Recall Florida movement sprang from, which seeks to empower the citizens of Florida with the ability to recall county commissioners for corruption, malfeasance, and neglect of duty. 
The county sheriff is charged with upholding the supreme law of the Constitution. And with your county government in line with your county sheriff, citizens of that county will have the lawful parallel government they need to liberate themselves from contracts made with the corporate U.S. Because the powers held by the sheriff supersede those of any government official when in the jurisdiction of that county. The PSYOP today is meant to make you feel dependent upon the federal government. But that has always been your choice. And it's not the only choice. You can contact your local sheriff and ask him about his oath to uphold the Constitution. You can form committees of safety. And you can lawfully purge your local government of corruption. But it requires action, and time is quickly running out. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. This is the InfoWars War Room, brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. And I'm your host, Owen Troyer, with you today in broadcast hour number four. And most of my news coverage you can find from the Alex Jones Show earlier today and a very powerful interview with Dr. Andrew Huff. So we got through most of the news and that story today about the why... Is the American media and our government telling us that the COVID-19 origin was in a Wuhan Institute of Virology lab? Why is that going on? Well, we really got into the details of that with Dr. Andrew Huff in a segment earlier today, as well as all the other news coverage. Now, I have to tell you, I saw this video and, you know, Jamie Mitchell has really been such a great advocate ambassador for gays against groomers truly just making herself available whenever one of these big stories breaks and i don't know we we could go back and we could find it we've been covering this issue for a long time my crew myself we've gone to the events we've confronted these perverts these cross-dressing, some of them with sexual assault charges and other such things on their record, pedophile charges, sexual abuse charges, all on their records. But then they, these men with these charges dress up as women and change their names so you can't do the background check. And then they get access to your kids. And it started, the cover operation was, oh, It's just story time. They're just going to read stories. And you would have men with sexual assault records, prostitution records, abuse records, show up at libraries dressed as women with nicknames like fish paste pants and other such sexual innuendos that the average librarian or parent doesn't know what they mean. But the average sexual deviant knows exactly what they mean. And so it's all a big joke. But what started as story time 
has now cascaded into something you can't even believe, except we've got the videos of it. And I understand why certain people in the media get upset with the way InfoWars or myself or Alex Jones covers these stories. And, and I get it. And, and truth be told, there's a little bit of envy that we have the foresight, but not even necessarily that we have the foresight. It's that we have the boldness and audacity to call these things out for what they are years ahead. Where others will be like, we don't know that's going on. No, you don't know that. No, we do know that. We did know that COVID was going to be the excuse to mandate vaccines. We were right. You don't know that. You don't know that. You can't report that. No, we did know that, and we were proven right. And that's another reason why the mainstream media hates us is because we jumped their stories years in advance. Like COVID-19 came out of a Wuhan lab. But... When I talked about and when I would use these buzzwords covering what used to be drag queen story time for kids and now for a year I've been calling it drag queen stripper sexy time for kids. Well, they've really taken this to a new level. And it's gone beyond the it's not going to lick itself. Where they have a bunch of kids. At a strip tease burlesque show for kids with perverted adults dancing around naked that, with, with signs that say it's not going to lick itself. Now, this is footage from, this has to be from the last time, is this the trans kids rally they had here? Which is something that doesn't exist. There's no such thing as trans kids. There's child abuse. There's chopping off little boys and girls' genitals and breasts, and they just call it a trans kid, gender affirmation. It's the exact opposite of gender affirmation. If you are born with a penis, you are a boy. If you are born with a vagina, you are a girl. Oh, well, yeah, that's biology 101. Not anymore. But no, gender affirmation would be affirming your gender. Hey, honey, we're going to have a boy. Let's name him Joe. Let's name him Bob. Let's put up the color blue in his room and maybe some, some sports memorabilia gender affirmation oh honey we're having a girl oh let's name her jill let's name her Susie. let's have a pink blanket on her bed and flowers and unicorns gender affirmation what they're doing is gender reversal what they're doing is gender denial but i'm already getting off track the footage that we're going to show today and discuss with jamie mitchell from gays against groomers I just, I mean, again, they tell you, we're not grooming your kids. We're not groomers. Don't call us that. By the way, little Joey, come over here and rub on me. We're not groomers. We're not grooming children. By the way, little Joey, do you know how to use a dildo? We're not grooming kids. That's not what's going on here. By the way, little boys and girls, step on up to the naked man dressing and put a dollar bill in his thong. Yeah, but we're not grooming your kids. We're not grooming your kids at all. We're just showing them porn. They say, we're not grooming your kids, and then the next thing they do is groom your kids. We're not grooming your kids. 
by the way, did we tell you we're doing sex education for two-year-olds? Yeah. But we're not grooming your kids. So it's gone next level. But we knew this was coming because this is what it's always been about. And aside from the perverted nature and the pedophilic desires that these leftists have, that these groomers have, it's all about sabotaging reality. It's all about sabotaging common sense. It's all about sabotaging basic decency. So these kids grow up and they don't even know what the world is supposed to look like. They don't even know what the intention for the world or civilization or or the creator had in store for us. They're so jacked out of their minds with their arms chopped off and and their wieners chopped off and pedophiles grooming them, teaching them how to have anal sex, that they can barely even put two and two together by the time they're adults. And then you have a nation full of basket cases and mental incapacitated and handicapped people that can't function and civilization collapses all around. And that's where it's all going. And that's part of the problem why you see all the domestic disasters. So we've got that. Now, I had to have a laugh when Hotep Jesus did an interview with Scott Adams after his viral clip talking about race relations, which nobody's disagreeing with him. But it's funny when you actually try to have a conversation about this and, you know, let's make sure everybody's represented. All right. So nobody can call racism. But watching the response. When a black man and a white man sit down to have a real conversation, a reality based conversation about race relations. And, and, and you notice that the left and the Democrats and the liberals really don't want that to happen. And so now, Hotep Jesus is a racist because he's wanting to have a conversation about race relations, which is all they do. So the funny thing is, they're finally admitting what racist they are when they accuse Hotep Jesus of being a racist because he's having a real discussion about race relations. All they do is obsess with race relations because they're the racists. And now they're accusing Hotep Jesus of being a racist because he's trying to have a real conversation about it. So Hotep Jesus is going to be joining us today to talk about that as well. I've also got a bunch of news and video clips. It's the InfoWars War Room brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. And we have liftoff. It's hard to believe that we're already going into March 2023. And the world is an insane place. World War III has already started. Biden is a puppet and is dissolving our borders. There's mass censorship. James O'Keefe's been removed from Project Veritas. The list goes on and on of the bad things that are happening. But the good things that are happening is humanity is really accelerating its awakening. But those of us on the forefront are under more attack by the establishment than ever. That's why I'm counting on you to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to keep the broadcast on the air by getting great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And whether it's a final signed copy, they're almost all sold out, or the great reset in the war for the world, or Ultimate Bone Broth, finally back in stock after over two years, it's all available at InfoWarsStore.com. These are truly amazing products. So get your InfoWars products at InfoWarsStore.com and enrich your life while keeping the broadcast on the air. It is your decision on whether or not we stay on air, so please take action now at InfoWarsStore. 
There is a war for the future happening right now. There is a war that will control my destiny, your destiny, our children's destinies. And that war is something that we can win, but it takes dedication. It takes commitment. That's why I ask listeners respectfully to go to InfoWarsStore.com and buy great products that will enrich and empower your life while keeping us on air at the very same time. InfoWarsStore.com to get a signed or unsigned copy of my book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, Ultimate Bone Broth, Back in Stock, Nitric Boost, uh, the amazing CBD oil we have that's the highest quality you're going to find anywhere at more than half off. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com, some of the very best products. And a lot of you have never shopped at InfoWarsStore. You've been watching for years, you've been listening for years, but you've never taken the step to go to InfoWarsStore. These are great products that really work and are amazing. Plus, they keep us on air. So, again, please take action. Go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. When the left, Democrats, liberals, progressives, when they show you who they really are, you should take notes and pay attention and heed the warnings. They've always been groomers. They've always been sexual abusers. They've always been racists. They've always been fascists. They've always been authoritarians. And we've got examples of all of the above today. Now, I got to tell you, Merrick Garland is getting roasted today during some congressional hearings at the Senate level. And we played some of the clips, Howley grilling him earlier, Mike Lee grilling him earlier. I've got a clip of Ted Cruz grilling him that I want to play as well. But I imagine there's going to be a lot of these clips on the air tonight and tomorrow. And and Merrick Garland is such a pathetic individual. I mean, truly just a worm, not even a man, but a worm. And it's amazing that the Biden administration couldn't put a better individual in that position than Merrick Garland, a sniveling little weasel who, who, who talks with a shaky, crackly voice like he doesn't even have confidence in his, in his own ability to think or talk. So... I'm going to play Ted Cruz with the uh, the latest roast of Merrick Garland today, a sniveling worm, a, a, a truly pathetic excuse for a human being. And uh, certainly not honorable, as his name placard would suggest, as the head of the Department of Justice. But we are still on air, and I've got this clip. Because, as I say, when leftist progressive liberals tell you who they really are, you should heed their warnings. And so we told you what the censorship at InfoWars and Alex Jones was all about. And, and we told you that it would be the test case with us. And then they'd move on to other people and doctors and lawyers and presidents and other news outlets. And now they're doing it. Now, the funny thing is, they used to act like that wasn't the case. Now they brag about it. Now they do video tutorials 
It's like if I did a video tutorial where I said, hey, do you want to learn how to speak at your local city council? And I just say, here's your website. You go to the website. Here's the portal. You sign up. You say, I'm going to speak at city council. Here's your subject. And then boom, you're signed up. And then you go and you get to speak. It's like, oh, okay. Now I know how to go speak at city council. Hmm, Okay. Well, Democrats are now doing video tutorials on how to silence their opposition and bragging about it. I mean, this is like a a Nazi in in Germany in the 1940s is like, hey, you want to know how to round up Jews and take them to the chambers? Check it out. It's like, oh, no, that's not happening to, hey, it's happening and it's a good thing. And it's always the left. But see, they're just mad we're still on air. And when we finally defeat these tyrants and when the ideas and the philosophies and the worldviews of leftists are finally put where they belong, and that's into the dark, into ancient history, buried, then we won't have to worry about this hopefully anymore and we will return to valuing free speech. But these leftist progressive Democrats, they hate free speech because in a Society and a civilization that values and promotes free speech, they can't win. So that's why they censor us. But we're still here thanks to your support at InfoWarsStore.com. By the way, uh, I'm told that we have less than 800 now, less than 800 of Alex Jones' new book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, by Alex Jones, signed copies. Signed copies are available exclusive, exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. But there are less than 800 copies left. So if you want to get that autographed copy, the final copies are at InfoWarsStore.com right now. And my guess is Alex is never going to want to sign another book ever again. So get your latest book from Alex Jones, The Great Reset and The War for the World, signed copy exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. And of course, it's your support there that keeps us on the air. So tyrants like Robert Reich, a mental midget, a philosophical dwarf, that's one, of the, that's one of the deals that God wanted to physically represent what he was mentally. And so he made Robert Reich four foot five and uh, 120 pounds wet so that you knew he was a small man, not just in stature, but in philosophy and intellect as well, and logic. Of course, we have nothing against people. We don't judge people by the size. I'm, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, God really wanted you to know that Robert Reich is a small man. Mentally, intellectually, logically, he is a true, tiny, tiny person. And he celebrates and he brags about how you can help silence the political opposition. Now, I'm going to play that clip after my guests, and I also intend on taking calls today. But as promised, here's Ted Cruz. Here's Ted Cruz giving that little worm, that little that little pipsqueak, shaking, sniveling Merrick Garland, getting roasted all day long. Here was the latest with Ted Cruz. I sent 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. Has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes, no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. 
The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives so of the So the answer ju- is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's our number one priority. They have Why full- are you unwilling to say no? So, the so answer is no. You know quick. it's no. I know and, and And give you some context. Remember, the Democrats sent assassins to Justice Brett Kavanaugh's house to kill him. They, they doxed him. They showed where he lived. They sent protesters there because, you know, they were upset they couldn't kill babies because Brett Kavanaugh didn't want uh, to keep Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court. Neither did Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, by the way. They don't want you to know that. But so they're mad that they can't kill babies anymore. So they sent assassins and, and, and violent protesters to Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's house and Merrick Garland let it happen. Here's why Ted Cruz is grilling him. No, everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done is defended the lies of the justices with so over how do 70 you decide, U.S. marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the, the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States marshals know that they have full okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to How give do a, you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? The marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute you. The attorney general make a determination, and you spent 20 years as a judge, and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives, and you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another that is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General, you have refused to answer the I question. I am answering your question. The attorney you general does not decide now, look, whether I, I, I got to say, watching that worm... Watching that worm Merrick Garland get roasted today is 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 nice, and it's you know it's good to see, and it, and it kind of is, is savory to see and, and watch. But the next step needs to be these these Republicans have to start impeaching, subpoenaing, I mean charging criminal, whatever they can do to get these these grub worms out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, Infowars has proven itself the last twenty eight years to be over the globalist target and having the biggest effect out there against those tyrants. And we fund our operation with viewers and listeners' support while selling you great products at the same time. So I want to thank all the viewers and listeners who have supported us over the years by spreading the word, praying for the broadcast, and buying product. But I really want to encourage those of you that have been on the fence, that have never actually gone to InfoWarsStore.com to go there and get the great books and films and supplements and survival gear that's there that won't just empower you and enrich your life, but again, will keep this broadcast transmitting. So whether it's Real Red Pill Plus or our super high-quality CBD oil or the 50% off or a great physio magnesium product or whether it's Down and Out, our great sleep bay that's back in stock, it's all there. Our turmeric, 95% humanoid, strongest out there, turmeric 95. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com and it keeps us on the air. So make the decision to enrich your life and keep us on air, InfoWarsStore.com. Give me liberty or give me death. This is The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at band.video. I remember hearing from people that watch the show and they want InfoWars to be successful. They want our reach to continue to increase. And they'd say, you know, when you're covering things like Drag Queen Story Time for Kids, you shouldn't call it Drag Queen Stripper Time for Kids. You need to be accurate. 
oh, sorry, I just live in the future. And so now they're doing drag queen stripper time for kids. So I guess the apologies from people telling me not to cover it so aggressively are going to be incoming. No, I doubt that. Now, Jamie Mitchell saw this was coming, and that's why she started the group Gays Against Groomers. Now, I want to roll this video. This is some of the most disturbing stuff you're ever going to see, folks. I mean, mean, straight up. I I think I'd rather watch, I mean, honestly, I think I'd rather watch the man get get shot in St. Louis execution style than have to watch this all day. Here is now your new drag queen stripper time for kids. I can't even believe what I'm about to describe for you, what we're going to put on the screen, but uh, go ahead and roll the clip. I guess the crew doesn't want it on the screen either. So here you go. It's men literally doing sex kink stripper routines in a room full of kids. Now, we can keep this on the screen as Jamie Mitchell joins us here. Jamie, we saw this coming day one. We saw this coming day one. As soon as they started doing drag queen stripper time for kids with Mrs. Fish Dick reading to them children's books, we knew that this is where it's going to go. And so now it's official. It's not drag queen story time for kids. It's now drag queen stripper time for kids. You saw this coming. That's why you started the group. How do you even respond to this? I mean, I don't even know how to respond. This is this is reaching levels of lunacy, insanity, and child abuse. You shouldn't even have to respond. These men should be arrested. These parents should be questioned. But how do you respond, Jamie? Uh, Yeah, when I came across this video, I mean, there's not many things that surprise me or shock me anymore in the line of work that I'm in now. Uh, But this one really was jarring. I mean, it's kind of next level. They're they're basically I mean, that one man is completely naked except for like a G string. And, um, you know, you said that this is all children. It's actually so this company is called what's it called? Uh, Cabba Baba Rave. Yes, Cabba Baba Rave, right. So on their site, it actually says that they target, their audience is babies aged zero to two. So these aren't just kids. These are literal infants and and babies. Um, You know, they they don't perform for, you know, kids older than two years old. So, um, I mean, my reaction was complete uh, disgust, like a, a visceral reaction of disgust and hatred for these people and what they're trying to do to children. Um, But, you know, I think we really have to talk about the parents, too, because what parent takes their kids, their babies to something like this? Like, I truly do not understand what these parents are thinking. And the interesting thing about this now, Gays Against Groomers, we focus on the grooming and the transitioning and stuff like that happening to kids from being done in the LGBTQIA alphabet soup community. But I was looking at this company and it turns out it was started by two moms. So, I mean, I'm assuming they're straight, but, you know, you can see that they have drag queens like that one right there on the bottom uh, on the left side in that scroll. Uh, You know, that's a drag queen and the male stripper performing, um, you know, he seems gay. Can't tell for sure, but I I would think so. But it's just total depravity and it's insanity and it's child abuse. Um, honestly, like there are laws against child abuse on the books already, and they need to be, uh, they need to be enforced in these scenarios too, because that's exactly what this is. Um, and, and it's absolutely disgusting. And, and the best thing that we can do is just keep exposing it because, you know, 
with you guys helping uh, shine a light on this and all the accounts that bring attention to it and people, uh, you know, it, it you have to shame these people and, and get them negative um, reaction and, and feedback so they will stop. And I mean, that's that's all we can do and hope for here until more laws are put in place against it. I, I mean, I could lay out a hundred different scenarios where a child would probably be taken from their parents, like if the parents were taking their kids to a strip club or the parents were, I don't know, showing their kids pornography or teaching their kids sexual acts or something at a young age, they would probably lose their kids. Protective services would be called. Police even show up at the house. It'd be a whole scene. But when they do it with these professional events and dancers, it's like, oh, okay, this is good. But we know how they're doing it. They're using the facade. They're using the protection, the shield of, hey, I'm gay. Hey, I'm trans. And if you say anything bad about this, you're a homophobe or a transphobe. This is how they've been able to get away with all of it. Yeah, exactly. Like predators have caught on that you they can just, you know, use the rainbow as a shield to mask them from uh, criticism because they can just turn around and call anybody hateful, a bigot, a transphobe, whatever. And, you know, they are infiltrating our community. And that's why it's so important, the work that we're doing to say, no, we do not condone this. You know, our community is not a monolith. The majority of us stand against this and we're going to do what we can from inside to stop it because, you know, this is hurting us too. Our first, you know, first and foremost, it's destroying these kids, obviously, but like it's really hurting us too because your average everyday gay person, just like me, my my fiance, we just want to live our lives. We don't want to push anything on anyone. And, you know, the public, public opinion of us as a whole is really uh, going down and it's not rocket science as to why. So we have to stop it. And um, I just I'm really happy that Gays Against Groomers can help out in this fight, because, like I said, you know, these people that come into and use the community as a shield, um, they're so it's very easy for them to just silence straight people and write them off as hateful bigots. But they can't do that with us. And I think that's why we're so uh, so effective and why we will uh, be able to end this for sure. Well, and this is what they're so upset about and why they're so upset with you is they're not used to any pushback. They're used to just rolling over us, romping over us and not getting stopped, not even getting second guessed or questioned. Well, now that there's actually pushback, even from internally what they would call, call the gay community, they're they're angry. They're attacking you. They're trying to shut you down, silence you. They're not used to this pushback. They have they have railroaded us with all this degeneracy and now targeting the children for years and now that there's finally pushback, they're throwing up their arms in the air like, what? Why don't you like this? Why don't you like us grooming kids? What's wrong? Yeah, exactly. And the crazy thing is, I always say, and I say it from the Gays Against Groomers account all the time, it's like, we live in the most tolerant and accepting time in history. I mean, I, I say that we over our society has overdosed on tolerance. You know, nobody cares. For the most part, I'd say like 98% of the country actually does not care anymore what consenting adults do with their lives as long as you know but the red line has been crossed where they're attacking children now and so all these groomers and people that are uh, promoting this and encouraging it they say it's anti-lgbtq that that everybody is coming out against it but it's not and them conflating it is actually doing more harm to us um, it's not anti-LGBTQ to be against child sexualization, indoctrination, and mutilation. It's called, uh, you know, being a good person. It's it's morally necessary to do so. And so we're not going to let them, you know, use that excuse anymore. We're going to stop it. And they hate us that you're right. They've been trying to silence us since we launched eight months ago. Um, we've been banned from like eight or nine platforms now. 
still banned on PayPal and Venmo. That's okay. I mean, they support pedophiles, so we wouldn't go back anyways, but it's just insane. I mean, it's insane to see uh, the pushback against us and, and it's only because we're being so effective. So we're here now and we're not going to go anywhere until this is ended and it will be ended. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm an adult. I've been to strip clubs. I've been to bachelor parties. I, I've seen some some stuff out there that really I, I don't really I'm not really into it. But it's like okay, I can, I can go to a strip club, have a good time. But I, I see this stuff, and it's like I don't I don't want to see that. Like I'm an adult. I, I know who wants to see this. Like I don't like where do you even go to see this stuff? And now they're bringing it to kids, babies, <laughs> and kids. But babies, we are infants, in zero- literally, literally infants and babies. Yeah, it's just. It's I, there are no words for it. Like I, there are very few times where I'm left speechless. And, and this video that we came across today has done that. So it's scary stuff out there. All right. And, and there's a whole nother aspect of this. We're going to get into with Jamie Mitchell, the founder of gays against groomers. I mean, thank goodness there's pushback against us, folks. I mean, do you know where this will end up. I mean, you see that on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Humanity is in a fight for its very life. And InfoWars, for decades, has been at the very forefront of the fight for a pro-human future. We can't stay on air without your help. And I want to thank you all for your past support. And I want to encourage those of you that have never bought products at InfoWarsStore.com to go there and experience how amazing these products really are. Ultimate Bone Broth, finally sold out for over two years, back in stock. Real Red Pill Plus, simply amazing. Nitric boosts what it does for your heart, your cardiovascular Critical. All these products like Ultimate Krill Oil, Ultimate Fish Oil, Super Mill Vitality, they're all available and in stock, ready to ship to you right now on InfoWarsStore.com. And the final 1,200 signed copies of my book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, and I'm not going to sign any more after that, are exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com as well. In the last month, I got a little busy, so I didn't sign the books. We didn't have them for sale. But now, I signed the last books. You can get them right now. There is a war for the future happening right now. There is a war that will control my destiny, your destiny, our children's destinies. And that war is something that we can win, but it takes dedication. It takes commitment. That's why I ask listeners respectfully to go to InfoWarsStore.com and buy great products that will enrich and empower your life while keeping us on air at the very same time. InfoWarsStore.com to get a signed or unsigned copy of my book, The Great Reset and the War for the World. Ultimate Bone Broth, back in stock. Nitric Boost, uh, the amazing CBD oil we have that's the highest quality you're going to find anywhere at more than half off. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com. Some of the very best products. And a lot of you have never shopped at InfoWarsStore. You've been watching for years, you've been listening for years, but you've never taken the step to go to InfoWarsStore. These are great products that really work and are amazing. Plus, they keep us on air. So, again, please take action. Go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Bringing us back in from the break. Put on an epic show in Austin last night, by the way. And they didn't have to push any liberal propaganda to do it. Imagine. 
but they still did their normal anti-establishment, free-the-people routine, but I digress. Jamie Mitchell, Gays Against Groomers, is with us here. And (laughs) these clips are coming in. It's like an avalanche, and, and we may have time to show this transsexual individual complaining that he can't get access to the bathroom when there's kids in there. Hmm, interesting. But, Jamie, there's another issue here that I continue to see at at a lot of these drag queen for kid events that I've really never seen before, and that's they dress up like demons, and they do this makeup thing that makes them look like demons. It's a very very inhumane, uh, psychotic look that they like to do. And, you know, I'm just trying to figure out why. I've never really seen this before. And I think what it is, is they're trying to desensitize these kids and, and get them used to this idea that a demon is friendly and normalizing demons and destroying their instincts. I mean, even children have instincts. They can sense when there's a bad guy around. I mean, they can sense when there's, you know, a predator around. Even, even infants have that. And so to me, they dress up like demons and they normalize kids to demonic activity and destroying their instincts to reject it. What I mean, I can't figure any other reason why they dress up like demons to perform for children. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, I've been to my fair share of drag shows in my life, um, you know, age appropriate ones at bars uh, before this whole madness started. I don't really go anymore. It's not really my thing. But uh um, you know, and they they never dress like that around adults, but I have seen what you're talking about. Um, you're you're right. It does seem like they are moving towards this more satanic demon-esque persona um when around children, and it's terrifying. I mean, I really think that this is um very heavily influenced by satanic worship. Honestly, these people are are bad people. You know, nobody that wants to get close to kids and sexualize kids, they, they don't have a, a, any real goodness inside of them. So, of course, that they're, they're drawn to the dark side, you know, and, and satanic imagery and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Um, that has never been something that's part of, you know, the gay community at all. Or any um, community. I mean, <laughs> right, exactly. It's it's very bizarre. But, um, no, I, you know, you're the first person that I've heard point that out. And and it's definitely worth thinking about. Well, and it's just every time. I mean, every time we see one of these videos surface of the children around the, uh, the, the performers, the adult performers, there's always one, two, or even all of them in this weird demonic getup. And, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a motivational factor there. I mean, it's like if, if you're going to go out for a date, like, okay, you want to look good, right? You want your hair to look nice. You want your clothes to look nice. You want to look nice for the person you're going out with. You want to make a good impression. So it's like what are, what is going through these men's heads to dress up like a demon? What impression are they trying to make on a child? I mean, there's, there's something there. They're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that video that came out not long ago, like a few months back? It was this teacher in a school with like four and five year olds, and she was wearing this horrible, scary, like horror mask, scaring the children. And they were crying in fear. And she kept doing it. And she got and, suspended, you know, right? Yeah, she did. Thankfully. I mean, yeah. you know, these children, they're tormenting these kids. They like the fear. They like to induce fear in them. And I mean, we could kind of go spiral into conspiracy stuff, but like with the adrenochrome and, um, you know, all that's maybe not such a conspiracy theory that is quote unquote, but you know, who knows, but these people are bad people. They're evil. 
Um, and yeah, it, it's scary. Uh, and, and they're doing it intentionally, obviously, you know, like they know they're about to go perform for children, which isn't bad. You know, that alone is bad enough, but they're like, Hmm, how can I really, really torment this child and, and scar them, you know, and their psyche because kids take that in and, and they will, they will remember that subconsciously as well, you know? So there's, there's some psychological stuff going on there too. That's very evil. And it's so antithetical to normal behavior around little kids and, and infants and babies where you kind of like bring yourself down to their level and you're like talking in a high voice like, oh, little cutie baby. Like They're like, oh, little baby, how do you like my makeup? How do you like my devil horns? Oh. It's like the opposite of what the instinctual behavior is like when you see a, a cute young baby that, oh, look at the cute little baby. Oh, it's cute. They're like, ooh, look at my demon makeup. I'm Mish's kitty litter pants. Right. And it, it just brings me back to like these parents, you know, the, these 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 drag queens and satanic drag performers, uh, they wouldn't have an audience to perform for of children if they're if the kids parents didn't take them here and allow it. So, you know, the problem is so pervasive and there's many, many different angles that that need to be tackled. And um, we, we really do need to get through to these parents. You know, it's not inclusive. This isn't you being cool or tolerant or accepting. This is putting your child in danger. And, you know, I hope that someday soon uh, child abuse laws are applied in these scenarios because sometimes that's it's going to have to take like risk of severe punishment to get through to these people that this is not OK. This will not be tolerated so, you know, if it were up to me, I would do that. If I were president, I'd make a federal law saying, you know, that's child abuse. But um, yeah, I, I hope that's in the near future and hopefully it will be. No, I, I think it's going to start at the state's level. And uh, there's already yeah. some instances. And, 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 and you know, I honestly, Jamie, don't be surprised if uh, you get called to be a voice for this. If you get called to be a represent a representative for some of these bills and proposals in some of these states, um, because of the work that you're doing now, I, I want to, yeah, go ahead. Let me, well, gays against groomers, we've testified, I think on like nine bills or something now all over the country. So we're doing that, uh, pretty much weekly at this point. So besides just school board meetings and rallies and protests, we're also testifying on bills and, um, we're, we've been really successful. Like the, the ones that have been passed, I think it's been a hundred percent. I mean, we're having a real impact here all over the country. So yeah, that's definitely we're, we're very happy to be able to do that. Well, and so one of these laws is keeping perverts out of bathrooms with kids in it. And of course, well, who would complain about that? Uh, well, here's one individual that's upset that he can't get access to kids in the female bathroom. Watch this. Adult transgender bathroom bans are back for the first time since 2015. Arkansas SB 270 just passed the Senate committee and it will head to the Arkansas Senate floor. If this bill passes, it would ban all transgender adults from bathrooms matching their gender identity if there is a kid inside. If you enter a bathroom as a trans person and there's a kid inside, you could be charged with a sex crime. There hasn't been a transgender bathroom ban since 2015 in North Carolina. And this is even harsher than that ban. That ban was enjoined in court. A bill like this would force transgender men like Patricio Manuel, who is big and muscular, into women's restrooms. Likewise, transgender women like myself would be forced into men's restrooms. I would not be able to visit the state of Arkansas if this bill passes. Transgender people just want to pee in peace. We are the ones who are at the most risk of being harmed in a bathroom. Arkansas must defeat SB 270 and all of the anti-trans bills this cycle. Wow, you know the, the people in Arkansas can rest easy that, that that pervert's not going into the bathroom. 
Right. I don't think I, I think they're OK with that. I think Arkansas is probably OK with that, that you yeah. can't come. You know, I, I just hate this so much because they call it anti-trans. They call all these bills anti-trans, but they're not. It's anti-child mutilation and sterilization. Yep. And as far as the bathroom thing, like, honestly, the reason that these laws are coming back. Well, I mean, for the, the ones against child mutilation and sterilization, this is a new thing. But like, you know, the the hatred or not even hatred, just um. You know, the more negative feeling that people that the public are having towards trans people, this is the fault of the community itself. You know, like it's because they're pushing all of this on kids. If you just leave kids alone, people will leave you alone. Like, it's really simple. Just, you know, you want to stop being called. You don't you don't want to be called a groomer anymore. Then stop grooming kids like you don't want to be. Uh, but doesn't down that upon? just show everything that they are getting upset when they don't get access to kids? That shows that that's right. what it's all about. Yeah, it's yeah, that that person is um we've had a lot of uh, you know, fun fun back and forth on Twitter with that one, but um it's, and Alejandra Caraballo as well, one of our faves. I mean, look, yeah. I you know, part of me part of me feels bad for that individual. Clearly that individual is mentally deranged. Clearly that individual has mental problems, serious mental problems, but but they feel empowered by it now and they want to build the world around their view which is not real. You are a man. I don't care how much surgery you have. You're a man. And they just don't want to accept that reality. No, and it's 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 really upsetting and annoys me so much that like trans people make up 0.03% of the population. And now, you know, the alphabet mafia, which I call them, they are, you know, bending all of society to their demands and will. It, it doesn't make any sense like that, that they are such a small fraction of society uh, and they are so loud and just kind of bossing everybody else around and that's not how it's going to work anymore we're not going to let them do that and we're definitely not going to let them gain access to children those days are coming to an end yeah and i think that's why they're pushing the gas with as much access as they can right now jamie mitchell founder of gays against groomers thank you for your time today ladies and gentlemen Infowars has proven itself the last 28 years to be over the globalist target and having the biggest effect out there against those tyrants and we fund our operation with viewers and listeners support while selling you great products at the same time so i want to thank all the viewers and listeners who have supported us over the years by spreading the word praying for the broadcast and buying product but i really want to encourage those of you that have been on the fence have never actually gone to infowarsstore.com to go there and get the great books and films and supplements and survival gear that's there that won't just empower you and enrich your life, but again, will keep this broadcast transmitting. So whether it's Real Red Pill Plus or our super high-quality CBD oil or the 50% off or our great physio magnesium product or whether it's Down and Out, our great sleep bay that's back in stock, it's all there. Our turmeric, 95% humanoid, strongest out there, turmeric 95. It's all available at InfoWarsTore.com and it keeps us on the air. So make the decision to enrich your life and keep us on air, InfoWarsTore.com. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. The eugenics is just getting started. The elites manage to eliminate a fraction of the populace they must destroy through the virus and vaccines, surpassing the genocide of Nazi Germany. All over the Western world, we are seeing very large, measurable increases in unexplained deaths. The BBC in Great Britain, for example, just reported that, quote, excess deaths in 2022 are among the worst in 50 years. And does it damage the brain? You bet it does. Does it damage the heart? Yes. The liver? Yes. The bone marrow? Yes. 
It causes all sorts of harm in the human body. We should have stopped this before it ever started. I'm seeing tremendous apathy. I'm seeing deaths, as you've mentioned, but no one seems to care. The, the family expresses no outrage. The uh, obituaries don't mention the cause of death. It's just that, you know, a 24-year-old died, and that's it. The clinical trials were never ordered. Um, the, uh, the good manufacturing practice compliance was never ordered. And, you know, legally speaking, there were no, never even clinical trial subjects or investigators, because if you cannot have an investigational uh, product, then there is no investigation. So FDA leadership and then global regulatory leadership, what they did, they impersonated the regulators so that you fall for this lie and, and go get injected. Pfizer already in court stated that, please dismiss this case, judge. We did not defraud the government. We delivered the fraud that the government ordered. However, their common goal is to reduce humans from nearly 8 billion people to a manageable slave populace of 500 million. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. And so, even though the pandemic has been largely exposed as a manufactured event, the elitists push forward, hedging their bets on more genocide as their silent kill strategy stumbles through its engineered propaganda. Countries will begin negotiations on a zero draft of the new pandemic accord. These discussions will be crucial for building a more effective health security architecture for the future, grounded in international law, equity, and the fundamental right to health for all people. A public health emergency of international concern, or a fake, is defined by the IHR as an extraordinary event which is determined to constitute a public health risk to other states through the international spread of disease and to potentially require a coordinated international response. This year, in 2023, we may still be in a pandemic for quite some time because this virus is here with us to stay, which means we have to take measured action, we have to improve all of our system to be able to reduce the impact of COVID-19 as we go forward. It's a global treaty. Um, they want 127 nations to sign it um, and basically does hand over kind of our sovereignty there's no other way to put it to what will be a kind of a global health police um, and, and giving all of the decision making to the World Health Organization, which, of course, is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation disproportionately and um, their best friends, the Chinese Communist Party. The contract of the new draft is against the Constitution of America, against the laws and protection of human rights of America, etc., etc., etc. The law in America says whoever conspires to aim or work towards the goal to undermine the security, the dignity, or the integrity of the Constitution of the United States of America is committing high treason. Find out who from your government worked on that draft and then go for high treason, then you have the army behind you. The World Health Organization pandemic treaty is deeply concerning. It seeks to give the discredited WHO huge powers over this country and our people. 
powers to call pandemics, enforce lockdowns, enforce vaccinations and decide when any pandemic is over. We know from the pandemic and we know from other uh, outbreaks such as Ebola that these diseases know no borders and it is only through international cooperation and collaboration together that we will arrive at the solutions to ensure we, we do not have a repeat of the, of the last few years. How long before those who know someone who has died suddenly or those injured by the vaccines strike back once the war on humanity is Jesus joins us now, and after Scott Adams' video talking about race relations in the country went viral, he then went on and did a great interview with Hotep Jesus that also went viral. But, you know, before we get into the, uh, the, the actual subject of discussion here, Hotep Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to start this interview off right and and so i want to offer the platform you to you now and 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 ask you would you prefer to denounce your white supremacy or your black supremacy first which one would you like to denounce first here today (laughs) oh my god how am i supposed to choose well i mean i'm putting you on the spot that's a hard one man it's a lot of white privilege and there's a lot of black privilege um, I denounced them both. I denounced my, my black supremacy and my white supremacy. I think the hardest one to let go is my white supremacy, though. It feels so good to just say I'm a black white supremacist. <laughs> well, that's what you became because you had a conversation with Scott Adams and all of a sudden that's what they started calling you. Yeah. You know, um, the far left thinks uh, I'm not black enough. And the far right thinks I'm too black. Uh, and I think that's what happens when you inject a little bit too much nuance into the conversation. And I said this before. I said, you know, anytime you're in the middle, you're a moderate, you're basically boring to people. You know, you got to be hard right. You got to be hard left. Otherwise, you know, people and I get it, too. Like, I totally understand, because sometimes when you're in the middle, people are like, well, whose side do you want? Are you voting for Biden? Are you voting for Trump? Are you with them? Are you with us? And it's like, trust me, I'm definitely not voting for any of the blue candidates. Um, but at the same time, I totally get it. Right. It's like, it's like, whose side are you on? Because the, the, the country's at a turning point. The country's at a turning point right now. Uh, it's been at one ever since they turned Occupy Wall Street into Black Lives Matter. And, uh, it's gotten serious. Uh, socialism, communism is encroaching in all forms of matter. Uh, it's attacking our children and it's, um, infecting the political conversation has been for a really long time. So I get the angst that everybody has. I get the apprehension and the tension in the, uh, around the country, around the world. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely with, if I had to choose a side, I'm definitely with the right. But um, the, the conversation is very nuanced. And what Scott said, I thought was uh, very provocative. And, you know, I've been labeled a provocateur myself. And when I saw Scott's comments at first, you know, I, the, my first reaction was I thought it was absolutely hilarious that he said what he said. He said, you know, I suggest for white people to move away from black people. I just started cracking up because 
nobody's really going to say that and be serious, right? Outside of a few fringe groups on the right wing, like nobody's really going to come out and say that and be serious. And the fact that he said it with a straight face, I found it entertaining and hilarious. And for everybody who took it serious, I'm like, either you like lack some common sense or you aren't familiar with Scott Adams. So you thought he was like this right wing guy um, or you just wanted to push an agenda. But, you know, when I heard him make the comments, I'm just like, like, guys, you know, you don't have to be a super genius to know you don't say things like that. So you had to know, you know, if you had any modicum of, you know, uh, IQ, you had to know that he was trolling. And, you know, as a fellow troll, I, I, I appreciated what he did. Well, and I think, too, it's a level of anybody who couldn't handle that is really just lacking in their own confidence. They're lacking in their own intellectual confidence. They're lacking in their own confidence of understanding the nuance of race relations around them. And, and that's what you have when, when you lack in confidence, you kind of lash out. And to me, that's what a lot of the response to the Adams segment was, is people that are lacking in their own confidence with their own intellect and their own worldviews. And so they just start lashing out at Scott Adams to to cover up the fact that they really have no clue what's going on. Yeah, but I think it comes back to the fact that people don't want to understand what he's saying. People don't want to admit that's a problem. You know, I spoke to one of my homies the other day who was able to escape the hood and, you know, um, become successful. And I said, I'm going to send you this clip and I want you to tell me what you think. Right. And he said, yo, offline. He was like, yo, he's right. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> offline. Yeah. He's like, yo, <laughs> I don't want to say this publicly, but the guy's right. And I get what he's saying. Um, and this is somebody who's like straight from the hood. You know, somebody who was incarcerated, did, did prison, you know, and is a good representation of the hood. And he's like, yo, I don't find anything he said offensive at all. Um, he's like, and I get why people are upset, but what he said is not exactly wrong. Um, and I would agree, right? Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of free will. And if you want to separate yourself from some group of people, I think, you know, I'm going to clap for you. Good. Good for you. You know, go do what you want to do. Uh, I think there's many groups of people that have chosen to go off grid and do many different things. You know, when the Amish decide to be with Amish, nobody says anything. They they applaud because um, the Amish don't want anything to do with this except to, you know, sell us some goods every once in a while. But, um, you know, I'm I'm all about free association. When we look at the race relations in America, the race relations in America are what they are because free association was hardly ever given room to breathe. When we look at segregation and integration, both of them being forced. Well, when we had segregation, segregation was because people didn't like that black and white people got along. So they created segregation and said, no, we don't want you playing with the Negroes. And then when we looked at forced integration, it's the same thing. It wasn't voluntary. They forced it on us. They said, you have to be with these black people. And in both of those situations, it's going against the free will of people. Everybody is wants to have their own uh, freedom of association. And I think we need to support that in any way how and applaud it when people do it. You know, here's what I also see happening. The left wants to have the race conversation, right? I mean, they want to shove it in your face. They want everybody to face it. They want everybody to talk about it, but they want to control it. And so when Scott Adams, when Scott Adams puts out his segment that is not controlled or dictated by the left, but gets seen millions of times, again, you see the same people freaking out, chanting racism, white supremacy, this, that, and the other thing. 
but it's really because he's having a race conversation, but not under their control. You nailed it. You know, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. They want to have the race uh, conversation, but they want to control it. They want to control me, right? Or the black person that's in that conversation. Here's the hard line stance you have to have and white man bad and what he said is bad and you're not allowed to say these things. It's exactly that. They want to control it. But this is how they're able to manipulate the race conversations. They want to keep people in their bubble. And what they what they understand is if white and black people opened up lines of communications, you would find that they would have common ground. If black folks and white conservatives opened up lines of communications, I believe they would find that they have more in common than they have indifference. And that would basically render the Democratic Party impotent. They would have no power. Black people might actually start voting Republican. But what they do is they keep people in a bubble using the stench technique. And the stench technique is basically like what they did to Trump. Oh, this person is racist. Stay away. This person is a white supremacist. Stay away. They said this. They said that. Stay away. So that there is no chance for conversation. Because anytime somebody sits down like we are and we have an illogical conversation and we're allowed to express how we feel uh, freely, you find that many adults find common ground. And that's the last thing they want. They don't want people finding common ground because what happens when people find common ground, they no longer need the government. The government no longer has to be the arbiter and the judge and the medium. And once it renders the government impotent or obsolete, what are they here for? Well, and the next question I want to ask, I'm going to let you think about it in the break because it's uh, it's kind of a heavier one. And whenever the, the topic of race or, you know, we, we see all kinds of videos that surface on the Internet, it seems like we can't get away from it now. And, and I always kind of look back and thinking like, you know, maybe you just shouldn't talk about it at all. You know, what, 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 what does even talking about it do? And so my question as we hit the break here for you to ponder in the break and, and we'll ask on the other side is, does talking about it help? Is it, is it helping the, the race relations to talk about it? Or is it, is it harming the race relations? Or is there a way to kind of thread that needle and walk that tightrope to make it something positive? We'll ask this to Hotep Jesus on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words planned for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsTore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a thousand left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and The War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsTore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I'm going to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate to the library or give them to the local school. This is an InfoWar. I'm counting on you and thank you for your support. It's hard to believe that we're already going into March 2023. 
and the world is an insane place. World War III has already started. Biden is a puppet and is dissolving our borders. There's mass censorship. James O'Keefe's been removed from Project Veritas. The list goes on and on of the bad things that are happening. But the good things that are happening is humanity is really accelerating its awakening. But those of us on the forefront are under more attack by the establishment than ever. That's why I'm counting on you to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to keep the broadcast on the air by getting great products at InfoWarsTore.com. And whether it's a final signed copy, they're almost all sold out, or the great reset in the war for the world, or Ultimate Bone Broth, finally back in stock for over two years, it's all available at InfoWarsTore.com. These are truly amazing products. So get your InfoWars products at InfoWarsTore.com and enrich your life while keeping the broadcast on the air. It is your decision on whether or not we stay on air, so please take action now at InfoWarsTore. All right, we're back here live on the InfoWars War Room, brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. My guest is Hotep Jesus. I asked the question. He was thinking about it in the break. Does talking about the race relations in America help or hurt the issue? And, and I would just kind of frame it like this, because as somebody that's on air a lot covering news, obviously this is a subject that continues to come up. And, and usually what happens after a show, and you reflect on what you said during the show, every time with the, with the race stuff, I'm like, you know, I just... Why? I just, you know, I feel baited into it because it just doesn't feel real to me. Because as soon as I leave here, I'm going to go to the gas station and the guy that checks me out, the clerk, is going to be white. I'm going to go out to dinner and the lady that takes my order and serves my food is going to be Hispanic. And I'm going to go to a football game and the guy that's sitting next to me with his family is going to be black. And guess what? Nobody cares. So it's like it's like this weird thing where it's like it's not even real, but we're talking about it all the time. And obviously it's nuanced and there is situations and real stuff out there. But I mean, the general question, does talking about it help or hurt? What do you think, Hotep Jesus? Okay, so there's a lot to extrapolate here. Number one, um, acting like the elephant in the room doesn't exist, isn't going to remove the elephant. In fact, the elephant eventually is going to trample you. But you make a great point. Um, the way they make it seem is though like there's this huge race problem in America and it's not as big as it seems on social media. But there is a huge racist problem. And the thing is, we have to change how we talk about racism in America. Right now, the Democrats control how we talk about racism in America. But the Democrats are the perpetrators of racism in America. And I've used this example before. If black people weren't getting hired at major corporations, but these are the same major corporations um, who are leftists, then doesn't that mean that the leftists weren't hiring black people? So who's really racist? If the KKK was founded by the Democrats, why are the Democrats controlling the conversation? If the inner cities are being controlled by Democrats, why are we not talking about the conversation in that regard? You see, what they want to do is they want to make it class versus class, right? Or I should say uh, poor blacks versus poor blacks because, you know, the middle class, upper class tend not to have these same issues. What they want to do is they want to make the poor fight each other. 
while it's them who's perpetrating all of the crimes against the black community. It's mostly coming from the government, particularly the Democrats. If we were to change the conversation like that, then I don't think the Democrats would want to have that conversation anymore, and then the conversation would disappear. The other thing I would like to say is, if we're not going to talk about racism, what will we talk about? And that becomes a new conundrum. For example, if we place, replaced racism with classism, which is much closer to the truth, you would start to sound like Karl Marx. And that would lead us down a, a very particular road to where years later people would say, well, can we stop talking about classism? So what should we talk about? Well, I think we could talk about the mismanagement of government and everybody would get along. And I think that's really the bigger conversation. And I think when we talk about racism, we talk about classism, these are things to distract people from the uh, perpetrators that have created uh, crimes against humanity. If you look at the various operations or if you look at the Gulf of Tonkin incident, we start to see um, lots of criminal activity uh, or I would say crimes against humanity uh, created by the United States government. And if we could do uh, a much better job in putting better senators and we can put better House of Reps in there, I think then we can start to um, change this country. But the conversation needs much more nuance. We need to dive into, uh, for example, why is it that um, Democrats want to remove guns, but um, gun control was really something that came about Due to racism, <laughs> when black folks started arming up, then they wanted to take away guns. But if you and I said this during our conversation with Scott Adams, you know, blacks have a lot in common with conservatives, primarily God, money and guns. We're capitalists. Black community is very much capitalist. Black community loves God. We're very much church going people. And we love guns. Everybody knows black people love guns. So if we focused on just those three things and talked about those three things, God, money, and guns, yeah, the race conversation would solve itself. The class conversation would solve itself. But these are the three things, the main three things that socialists, Marxists, communists, leftists, Democrats want to expunge. They want to get rid of. They want to get rid of God. We know this because they have satanic acts carry out when they do their drag queen story out. They ain't nothing but Satan. They want to get rid of guns. Everybody knows that. Everybody sees that. And the CBDC is coming around. They want to get rid of money as we know it. Uh, they're anti-capitalist. They're socialist. They're communist. So these are the three pillars that blacks and conservatives agree on that Democrats hate. If we could get on the same page with those three items, uh, you know, the race conversation could, would, would solve itself, like I said. I think we're really getting down to the root of it here. And by the way, I love when I see liberals responding to the argument, hey, the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. You can't write these gun laws. And they say, well, not everybody was allowed to have a gun in 1776. And I always had the same response. Oh, really? Tell me who wasn't allowed to have the guns. Would you expand on me that for a second? Who wasn't allowed to have guns in 1770? Oh, that's right. Slaves, black people. Oh, geez. They don't like to remember that, their own history. But, but getting back to the points you just raised, I, I think we're getting to the root cause of the problems here. The reason why the Democrats want to control the race conversation is because Democrats know if they don't have black people voting for them, they have no power. They're never going to win another election 
in in the history of this country. So they have to keep they have to keep black Americans voting Democrat, thinking the white man is the boogeyman, their enemy, and the Democrat Party is going to protect him from that boogeyman. When and and this is what I'm starting to see too with with other people on social media, influencers, commentators, talk show hosts, is they're having the same realization and they're saying, wait a second, hey, I, I'm an American, no matter what color my skin is, I have the right to have guns. I have the right to be prosperous in a capitalist economy. And by the way, I want to raise my sons to be sons and my daughters to be daughters. Well, that's actually, these are conservative Republican values. And now you're reaching the issue of the modern day Republican Party just not even getting that or or too scared to reach out to the inner city communities or too scared to go in to the inner city communities. You can take that message into any inner city right now. And if you actually show up boots on the ground and you talk to single mothers or you talk to grandparents or aunts and uncles who are raising children, you're going to, you're going to flip those votes quickly. It just takes a little bit of effort. It's, you know, people talk about how difficult it is to win the black vote. And I'm like, if you wanted the black vote, you could get the black vote. It's really easy to get the black vote. I just told you what you need to talk about. God, money and guns. And you'd get it immediately. Black men would be like, oh, yeah, more guns for me. I love it. More money for me. I love it. More God for me. I love it. But it just doesn't seem like people want to get the black vote. Well, hopefully this is changing. And I think the world is waking up to what the Democrat Party really represents, whether it's for white people, black people, Hispanic people. It's all the same, folks. Less prosperity, less freedom, less being in command of your future. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, InfoWars has proven itself the last 28 years to be over the globalist target and having the biggest effect out there against those tyrants. And we fund our operation with viewers and listeners' support while selling you great products at the same time. So I want to thank all the viewers and listeners who have supported us over the years by spreading the word, praying for the broadcast, and buying product. But I really want to encourage those of you that have been on the fence have never actually gone to InfoWarsStore.com to go there and get the great books and films and supplements and survival gear that's there that won't just empower you and enrich your life, but again, will keep this broadcast transmitting. So whether it's Real Red Pill Plus or our super high-quality CBD oil or the 50% off or our great physio magnesium product or whether it's Down and Out, our great sleep bay that's back in stock, it's all there. Our turmeric, 95% humanoid, strongest out there, turmeric 95. It's all available at InfoWarsTore.com and it keeps us on the air. So make the decision to enrich your life and keep us on air InfoWarsStore.com The War Room InfoWars.com forward slash show Making talk radio great again It's The War Room with Owen Schroyer All right, we got another segment here with Hotep Jesus. And, of course, this fallout, which is really why was Scott Adams' segment so viral? Again, like we discussed, because the left wants to control the conversation of race. And the minute they lose control over that, they go into a conniption fit and they start hurling uh, their, their normal ad hominem attacks and racist this and racist that, and and they don't want you to have the actual discussion about the issues. Now, here's where I see solutions coming into the fold. Let's talk about why are inner cities 
struggling with poverty and class warfare and schools that are not even teaching children how to do math and, and read, well, there's reasons. It's because we've shipped out manufacturing jobs. We've shipped out industry overseas. And so those used to be good paying jobs. You could, you could work in a factory and make fifty, hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars and raise a family and live in the city and send them to a nice school. Well, that's gone. We have the issue of now mothers getting paid by the U.S. government to kick the father out of the household. And so you now you got kids being raised without a father. I mean, these are the real issues. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter what skin color you have. You can do it to white people, black people, brown people. You're going to have the same exact issues. But we do see this in the inner cities, and it does affect mostly black people. So how do we steer the conversation, like you were saying in the last segment, towards the actual issues so that we can provide solutions? Well, I like what happened with Scott Adams. Uh, I think our video uh, right now has over uh, 170,000 views or something like that, and <clears throat> which is um, quite reflective of how nuclear this conversation is, that you know, people have, to me, it's the reaction from people is we've never seen this type of conversation before. We've never seen a black guy talk to a white guy about these race issues, and it hasn't devolved into name calling, ad hom, and talking over each other. Everyone was really impressed with the interview. And to me, it was just, you know, just another one of my interviews. I like to look at things very pragmatically and objectively. Um, but, you know, when we track back the issue of America, if we track back the issue of um, black poverty, it's actually no different from any other type of poverty. You know, I like to start with Vietnam War. I think the Vietnam War was the first major blow. You know, not let's not include slavery. Let's talk about post-slavery. Vietnam, you send the men out to go fight the oligarchs war. And if we're talking about black men specifically, um, they came home with addictions. It was a very gruesome war, uh, Vietnam. Um, I believe there was um, Operation Popeye was part of this thing where they were practicing weather manipulation. But it was such a gruesome war. And to deal with that, I can understand why somebody would come home with some addictions. So then they went home uh, came home. Well, first they go off to war, deal with the gruesomeness, fight a war they didn't want to fight, then come home with these addictions and then get thrown in jail. So what happens to the kids of that generation? Because when you look at the black community around this time, they were coming together. Also, if we look at the eradication of black leaders, um, particularly Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. If we look at traders like uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, who had great leaders like Marcus Mosiah Garvey extradited because the NAACP didn't agree with the tactics of Marcus Garvey, when Marcus Garvey was practicing black capitalism and NAACP wants more socialism and communism. They wanted their style. They wanted integration. You know, these are the things they asked for. And the black community didn't ask for any of these things. So then we fast forward and then we get. Uh, a lot of socialism comes in a form of welfare, renders people inept. Uh, it incentivizes women to not be with their man. All of these things point back to one single culprit. It's communism. So what's the thing that's going to really um, pull the black community um, out of the situation? It's going to be capitalism. It's going to be about black business. 
So what happened to black business? Black business started thriving in America, started doing really well. And then they hit us with what? China, the bug. Destroyed 50% of small business, period. If you include black business, black business was eradicated during this period. And then who they, what they do? They allowed McDonald's to stay open. They allowed Target to stay open. They allowed Walmart to stay open. So when you look at the current trend of what's going wrong with the black community, it all seems to point back to the White House, to the government, to Congress, D.C. It's all point. It's not, you know, the hillbilly who's saying the N word. They don't have power over black uh, the black community. It's been mostly the perpetration of the United States government. We know that Malcolm X's family right now is looking to see the United States government or the three-letter agencies, I'm not sure, for the murder of Malcolm X. So when you look at the black community, you wonder why it is the way it is. It keeps pointing back to the same government. It keeps pointing back to the same type of policies, communism and the three-letter agencies. So if you could just leave us alone. You know, that's why I say, you know, to to Democrats, well, when I when I pitch the idea of Republican, you know, voting Republican to black people, you know, the one thing I always hear them say, they say Republicans don't care. And I go, good. That's what you should want. You should want somebody who doesn't care because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So what the Democrats do, they come in, they pretend like they care, then they stab you in the back when it looks like they're trying to help. And that's not what you want. You want you, what you want is a hands-off approach. Even when we look at the economy of the United States of America, I always tell people the best economic stance is no economic stance. Don't inject more money. Don't print more money. Leave it alone. Because every time you touch it, you break it and you make it absolutely much, much worse. So the same thing with the black community. If you want to help the black community, leave us the hell alone. Democrats, leave us the hell alone. Stop coming into our communities and asking for our vote. You don't do anything for us. Leave us the hell alone. Stop the programs. Like I always talk about if I became president, what are some things I would do? And borrowing from the great Walter Williams. I mean, Walter Williams, Thomas E. Solar, two black individuals, a great minds that aren't celebrated during Black History Month. And if you celebrate them, you're called an outcast and a coon and a sellout and all these other things. But these are two of the greatest economic minds. But Walter Thomas Williams- Thomas Sowell, arguably the greatest. I mean, he was a brilliant economic mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. But when we look at Walter Williams, what do he say? He would start pulling back some of these executive orders. And that's what I would do. I would start pulling back some of these programs. Let's look at the black community, how they handled their problems in the past, before there was welfare. Before there was welfare, they had mutual aid societies. So people say, well, if we don't give granny Medicare, Medicaid, healthcare, and all these things, then granny's going to die. And that's just not the truth. What will happen is you'll have a black community that will be forced to come together. They'll create mutual aid societies and granny will be just fine. I mean, 60 over 60 percent of the NFL are black, wealthy men. We have an entertainment industry, Beyonce, Jay-Z. All of these people are billionaires, Rihanna billionaires. You mean to tell me that if the government stopped taking care of black people, these people wouldn't step up? I know they would step up. We have great black capital, great black wealth. We don't need the government to help us. We don't need Democrats to help us. We don't need socialist, communist policies. We can take care of ourselves. So if you're looking at the solution, the solution is leave me the hell alone and I can take care of my own. And really, that should be everyone's attitude. That, that should yes. be every American's attitude, generally speaking, getting back to the ideas of self-government 
and, and accountability. But th- people don't want the accountability. No. And, and that's the problem. You know, that's the huge problem. Um, with freedom comes accountability and responsibility. You know, somebody asked me, how did I get to where I was? And it was because I blamed every single problem and every single success in my life on myself. But all that did was make me more powerful. And people stopped looking outside of self and looked inward and said, you know what? Every single problem my community has is our fault. And every single success is our fault. You would take back your power. You would relinquish it from anybody else and you'd start winning. All right, too much momentum to stop this now. Let's do one more segment because, folks, this leads into the biggest thing here, and that's the victim economy and the victim mindset. It's time to put that to rest on the other side with Hotep Jesus. One more segment. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsTore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a 1,000 left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsTore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I'm going to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate them to the library or give them to the local school. This is an InfoWar. I'm counting on you, and thank you for your support. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Infowars.com forward slash show. Great stuff here with Hotep Jesus on the Infowars War Room, brought to you by Infowarsstore.com. And the final topic I want to get into now is this idea of being a victim as an empowering thing the victim economy, and they want to teach the youth this. And and there's all kinds of victims they want you to believe. Oh, I'm a victim because I'm gay, or I'm a victim because my skin color, or I'm a victim because of this, that, or the other thing. And you were talking about this on the last side, and I, I kind of had a, had a similar self-revolution, if you will, in my mind. Because the truth is, if we're all victims, we're all victims of the U.S. government, and, and maybe some people via the justice system, and I remember I went through some times when I was younger, 
And uh, I made some stupid decisions, and I had the book thrown at me, and it was totally injustice. But I remember as a young man thinking to myself, I can make a decision right now whether I'm going to choose to be a victim and complain about being a victim, or I'm going to stand up, take responsibility for my actions, and come out better on the other side. And I, I chose the latter, and I'm grateful I did. But we're all victims to the U.S. government. They all steal our money and use it for wars and giving to their friends and the Green Energy Department and everything else. And so here's the way I think we can kind of change this whole idea of the victim economy and and being a victim is empowering. And I would say, whenever you hear people talking about being a victim, say, what I want you to do as an exercise, instead of using the word victim, start using the word loser, because that's what you are. And, And as soon as you start exercising that, and instead of saying victim, saying loser, you realize, oh, wait, I am just a loser. And you are a victim of yourself being a loser. And so this whole idea of the victim economy, it, it, it needs to go away or culture is going to collapse. You know, the problem is several problems here. But one major problem with everybody being a victim is that real victims are minimized, drowned out. Right. There are victims of human trafficking. There are victims of sex trafficking, sexual assault. These people are real victims. So while, you know, you're crying because somebody didn't call you the right pronoun, somebody with a real problem, maybe abuse or whatever it is, is not being taken care of. Now, let's talk about what victim mentality is. Victim mentality is the bat signal. Except Batman ain't showing up a parasite is because it shows that you're available to be exploited. And that's what socialists do very well. See what socialists do is they're a parasite that attaches itself to an exploited struggling minority community exploits their struggle for the benefit of the socialist agenda. Black community is an example of this. So they'll say, oh, black people, you know, you're complaining about this issue. For example, they said uh, police brutality was an issue. Okay, no problem. Instead of saying, well, maybe if we can take a look at the problem to find out that black men of a certain socioeconomic status don't have this problem as much as poor black men do. Maybe the issue is really an economic issue and not really a police issue. Instead of trying to reform the police, why don't you reform the people? They won't have that conversation because what they do, they said, well, let's install body cams. You know, a body cams ain't nothing but big brother. It's, it's the increase of a surveillance state. And and when they first brought that out, I'm like, okay, so what you're basically going to do is you're going to catch more black people or more crimes because you got more cameras. (laughs) But again, the socialists uh, who love um, having a police state, if you look at Stalin, he had a very strong police state. Lenin, very strong police state. Soviet Union, very strong police state. This is what they like. They love having a police state where they have control over the people. But um. Again, coming back to what you were saying uh, about uh, being a victim, it's just a signal to parasites for people to latch on to you and, and, and basically to strip you of, of your power. But you're the one, you know, like I said, you know, at one point in my life, I was like an extreme black nationalist. I saw white people. I got really angry. And I remember one day I saw this white person outside and I started getting hot and bothered. And um, I said to myself, uh, you know, Does this person feel this 
rise in temperature within my body? Do they feel this pain body? And I said, no, they don't feel it. They're perfectly happy. They don't even know that I'm angry. And that's what I said to myself. I'm like, this is stupid. This is absolutely ridiculous for me to be mad at somebody. And then I started, you know, and of course, a lot of this came back to the fact that I wasn't where I wanted to be financially. So I was taking my poverty out on other people. But the minute I said, you know what? No, it's not the white man's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not my girl, my parent. It's nobody else's fault. It's my fault. And the minute I changed my mind to that, my whole life transformed because then nobody had the ability to take away or give me money. I was doing it all on my own or with the assistance of others uh, through partnerships. And it's very transformative. And that's why I don't like it for the black community. Always be complaining about white people. Like, I get it. If you want to sit down and list all the crimes perpetrated by white people and the government, you could do that. That is definitely, you know, one way to look at things. But after you finish complaining and everything, you're left with what are you going to do now? What next? What is what is your plan to combat all of this? Is it to complain about the problem? Because if you say on one hand, that the government is the problem. And then you go to government and say, government, can you fix this? That makes absolutely no sense. You wouldn't ask your enemy to fix your problems. That makes absolutely no sense. Obviously, it's something you have to do within your community to pull yourself up. And then always have the argument say, well, every time we try that, you know, um, they, you know, they kill one of our leaders. And that's very true. That's very true. So then what happens? Well, maybe you need to start looking at the micro leaders. Maybe you need to start looking at what are your preachers saying inside the church? What are your personal black politicians saying? What are your entertainers saying? You have to look at the micro leaders within the community. I would consider myself one of those micro leaders. And then if everybody has a, a change in mentality culturally, for example, when I look at Black History Month, Black History Month to me comes off as White History Month. And I have a lot to say on this topic. But it's White History Month because everything about black history during this month seems to be in juxtaposition to white people. This is what white man did. This is what white man did. This is what. And it's like, OK, Black History Month supposed to be about black people. Can we talk about black people? But the funny thing is you can't even do that anymore because I saw uh, the other day my friend sent me a text message. And for Black History Month, they were teaching a nine year old girl uh, on one page of coloring book, the rainbow flag. And on the next page, it was about trans people. So right now, the big thing is you can't even be pro black unless you're pro trans or you're pro uh, rainbow. And I have no problem with this segment of, of, of the population. But we saw at the NAACP Image Awards, uh, Gabrielle Union, she got up on stage. She made this big, long spiel. Now we know her, well, I guess it's daughter-in-law now because Zaya Wade or Dwayne Wade's son is now a girl or something like that. Yep. So we know that her stepdaughter now or used to be stepson, stuff gets confusing so fast, um, has, has, has is trans. But now at the NAACP Image Awards, this is a big thing where she gives this big speech about trans people. I said, like, what does this have to do with black people? And again, this is another situation where socialists are able to take another group's problems and distract the black people. And black people were doing well for themselves or starting to come together and distract them and say, well, worry about this other group of people. Don't worry about yourself. Worry about this other group of people. And it's like, what is the... 
trans issues? What is the uh, LGBT issues have to do with black issues? And again, this is a democratic push to make sure black people don't lift themselves up out of poverty. Because if they do that, they won't be the party of poverty anymore. And isn't it so really sad, us. though? I mean, when you look at this issue, because to me, I look at Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union basically sacrificing their son is, is, is kind of the view I have of it. And I would just put it like this. OK, your, your son is now your daughter. Guess what? You're not going to procreate. No grandkids for you. So that's yep. the end of your family. That's the end of your lineage. I guess that's pro-black. But uh, as we finish up this interview, um, you know, I'm just curious. Has anybody asked for Kanye West's opinion on Black History Month? Has he offered his opinion on Black History this month yet? <laughs> I don't think anybody wants Kanye's opinion on anything, no. right? Now. Oh, yay. I'm sorry. It's yay. I dead named him I'm again. Sorry, darn it. Darn it. Well, maybe Kyrie Irving can offer it if, if they don't want to go to yay for that. Hotep Jesus, great stuff as always. Tell people where they can find your Scott Adams interview and all your other great work. Yeah, go to hotepjesus.com. That'll link to all of my um, social channels. But that is live right now on uh, YouTube, youtube.com, uh, Hotep Jesus. And tomorrow I'll be speaking to Viva Frey. Viva Frey, Viva Frey. Um, he wants to talk to me about uh, Scott Adams and some of the race relations here in America. So that's going to be another blockbuster. So uh, I think that's tomorrow. We're set up for noon. So check that out. Awesome. Awesome. There it is. Hotep Jesus. Hotepjesus.com. Always a pleasure. You know, Thank I you. really think we, we got to get Kanye out here for Black History Month. I think Kanye should do a history, a Black History Month expedition here. I've got some good news. Our high quality supplements really work and we have about an 80% reorder rate with customers. That's the good news. They're amazing. The bad news is around 1% or a little less of our actual viewers and listeners ever go to InfoWarsStore.com and ever actually buy the products. So you're missing out on these products, plus it funds the InfoWar. Think of what we've done with just 1% of our massive audience actually buying products. Think what would happen if those of you on the fence actually went to InfoWarsStore.com and got some of these amazing products. I would recommend Turmeric 95 for your joints, your bones, inflammation, to get one of the biggest effects so you reorder and see how great it is. Also, we've got the super high-quality full-spectrum CBD oil that's so good for your neurological systems, your brain, your joints, your bones as well, or Real Red Pill Plus. Just go try the product, fund the InfoWar, and help us defeat the new order together. InfoWarStore.com.